a friend in me. <laughs> you got a friend in me. I can't do it with the voice. <laughs> Alright. Welcome to another delicious episode of Golden Craft Cast. Oh, definitely delicious. Uh, today, or this week, was the 25th anniversary of one of uh, my I think it was like a couple weeks ago, but yeah, we're close to it. This month. It was this month. It was this month. <laughs> and there's a bunch of cool merch out for it. And you know you've seen this. All you millennials will love this movie. Toy Story, baby. Most of you haven't even been born yet. Oh, my but you God. Guys are, <laughs> like, but I think I was like five when this thing came yeah, out. Yeah, so we got Toy Story today. One of the most epic movies. The first full-length CGI movie and its entirety. And it's one of my childhood favorites. Today, a lot of childhood I have favorites. someone with me that's known me since a child. My older brother, Javi Ruiz. Well, it's a pleasure to be here on Golden Craft Cast. Thank you for having me, gentlemen. Yeah, no problem. We got another Ruiz in this podcast. Another Ruiz in the house. Yes. <laughs> so my brother is just graduated recently for stage design, correct? Uh, for stagecraft and design, yeah. Stagecraft and design, and he's a trivia master. He's won, like, how many uh, trivias? At least, uh, honestly, last count, but I think recently is about four. Yeah. At least. Yeah. How many of them were Disney related? Two. Shit. Holy so, crap. You know, so it's just like movie trivia? Two, how many yeah. other people do you know that's with like one, two trivias from Disney? I don't fucking know that many. Um, yeah, I don't know that much either. But I'm freaking excited. I mean, uh, I remember when we were little and you were explaining to me how this movie was made. I couldn't comprehend it. <laughs> but that's what intrigued me the most from it. And, I mean, dude, this has gone down in my childhood memories as one of my very first favorite movies. And I think it's gone down in a lot of people's hearts that way. I know mm-hmm. my parents feel the same way about it. You know, they, they bought us all the toys and all that crap. Oh, yeah. Or your uh, train set you had. Oh, yeah. I had you the had train set? two train set. Oh, and it would, you would connect the caboose and connect them all in different places. And they would interact with each other differently. That shit was cool. Yeah. Um... So, I mean, I just watched not too long ago the the 20th anniversary documentary that they did on it. Yeah. And you know, they have Lasseter on there and they have Tim Allen and Tom Hanks and everybody's really talking about it. All uh, the boys. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, the craziest part to me was, you know, at the time, the program that they were using was called Presto. Yeah. It was very rudimentary. Um, there was not a lot to it. I mean... You could just see, like, from the beginning stages, how freaky those kids look. You know, yeah. <laughs> they look kind of creepy. Yeah, I see, yeah, I seen it too, and I was like, ah, oh, so, I was like thinking to myself, like, ah, oh, someone messed up, or someone <laughs> purposely like yeah. wanted to make them scary, so that way, like, the toys perceive the kids as a scary thing. Yeah, to uh, fear, you know. Yeah, that's what we'll go with. It was a design choice. <laughs> it was definitely a design choice. Children of the Corn and Toy Story. Let's make that happen. Yeah. So I mean, from the little kid to the mom, I mean, you never saw the mom's face. Yeah. Remember? Well, you kind of see it in the newer ones. Yeah, yeah. in the newer ones, but in the original, yeah. no. Yeah. But they said, like, you know, when we were designing this, these were all the toys that we grew up with as kids. So it was really cool to actually, you know, do this film and make it seem like our toys were actually alive. Yeah. This was the closest they could come Yeah, to some it. of them were actually real toys, like the and Mr. One, uh, and one potato thing I learned about it that was really, really interesting was 
you know, all these guys, John Lasseter, all these guys that worked on the film, they were mainly um, animators, like yeah. pencil animators. Yes, and they were animators for Disney, and a lot of them came from CalArts in Valencia, California. Mm -hmm. That's that's the school Disney himself set up. So, you know, it's, it's yeah. like almost like from the very get-go, he planted the seeds for this to be a Disney property, you know? Shit. That's going so crazy, going I mean. deep here, and I haven't had a beer yet. Yeah, oh, right. so let's get into that. Let's get yeah. into our first beer today. Very well. Uh, we got Los Angeles Ale Works Lunar Kitten West Coast IPA, baby. Mm. What's the percentage on this bad boy? This is a 7.5%. 7.5. All right, let's give it a crack. Sure. That never gets old. Oops. Cheers, gentlemen. To the craft. Yeah. To the craft. To the craft. Mm, mm, mm. That's a good one. It's hoppy. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah, right off the bat. Very citrusy. Super um, crisp. Very crisp. Mm-hmm. Little, it's lighter than I thought it would be. Yeah. But for a 7.5, this actually tastes kind of light. Yeah, it's like light. Uh, as soon as you like, um, as soon as you drink it, and then you feel like the hops right after, get that bitterness. This is what I like to refer to as a danger craft. Yeah. Because it's super drinkable. It might as well be a session IPA, and right. uh, you could just sip on this all day long. And before you know it, you're fucked up, bro. Yeah. You want to read the back? <laughs> sure. Who should read it? Go ahead. Would you like me to read it? Yeah. I guess. Yeah. <clears throat> Let's see. This, this could be the beginning of your voice acting career. Ah, uh, yes. My acting career as a voice actor. Let's see. Lunar Kitten West Coast IPA. Destination, Muta Space. Simcoe. Perfectly crushable with just the right amount of catitude. Clawsome notes of Simcoe. The most feline of hops. With tales of dankness. Who loves kitty? Paulese. Beautiful, beautiful. Beautiful. I think that was the best reading we've had yeah. <laughs> of all time right there. Of, of our 20, now 26 episodes. This is episode 26. Mm -hmm. I also do birthday parties, bachelorette parties, and funerals. <laughs> <laughs> the, the funeral voice has got to be it. It's got to be it. We'll say goodbye. He was a good man. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh, like man. a whole... This is really good. It's like really refreshing. Yeah. I don't know why I took it out of my coolie. <laughs> I love the little cat on it. it. Looks like Buzz Lightyear. Yes. And, and a little kitty in outer space, and you can see the uh, he's on top of the moon, just floating in outer space. Yes, I would say that the flavor is as crisp as the animation was for yeah. this film when it first came out. Oh, oh yeah. That I mean, I didn't even see that resemblance, but yes, it totally <laughs> makes sense now. Yes. Um, speaking about the Christmas of the Christmas of the movie. Christmas you know, the, crisp, movie. the crispness of Christmas. the movie of the animation um, they realized very early on when they did the shorts that when they would render them out their models were looking very close to plastic right and that's why and they made that design choice to make a story about plastic yeah you know because it rendered out the best see so, that's that's what I love about Hmm. Just Pixar and just, you know, any good artistry as a whole is you do the best you can with what you have available to you. And they decided to 
take something that could potentially be looked on by most people as a downfall and turn that into an advantage for themselves for storytelling's sake. That that right there to me is mark of genius. You know, is is doing what you can, what you have, and getting the best possible product out of it. Not right. only that, but it seems like all the comedians and actors that they asked to do this jumped on the opportunity as soon as they could, and they didn't even know what they were expecting. Yeah, like they said when Tom Hanks when they showed him first cuts, what they did was they actually got a cut from a movie he was in where his dog was chewing on something and they cut that um, the audio out where he was just being really boisterous and really loud yeah. and they put that to Woody's voice and they animated a little segment to the early Woody yeah I saw that and, yeah, I yeah, saw and that. it's like he's talking to a car he's like you put the whole car in your mouth and that he had they said they had to replay it for him over and over again yeah. because he loved it so much yeah initially he, he didn't like, even like the character as Woody I well, have no idea what I'm looking at but I love it <laughs> to, be, to be honest the interesting thing about Woody is his character arc is way way more advanced than anything uh, you would see in the film like everything leading to his conceptualization as a character leading up to the movie because at first Woody was a dick yeah like yeah. He's, he's still a dick but not nearly as much as he used to be when in the in the concept stages and I love Woody like he's honestly one of my favorite Pixar characters period like especially in the first movie because you know I, I dig it I I, I yo comprendo he's a snarky asshole and I love yeah. it and at first you know they made him so unlikable that Disney didn't even want to make the film because of how unlikable they yeah. made the character. But over time and retooling, they made him less of less of an antagonist and more like somebody who's dealing with a brand new situation, which is what that one song is about. That uh, strange things. Strange things are happening to me. <laughs> See, it, <laughs> See, that's the thing about that that movie is. Here we go. To be honest, the songs were fucking fire. Yeah, they were. Yeah. They're they're timeless. They are. Well, because they they came up to him with the idea. Okay, well, you know, we want to do something that's not a Disney movie. They made that very clear. And they basically, when they first got into the room all together as animators, they said, okay, don't worry about the technology. Worry about the art and worry about what kind of movie we don't want to make. Yeah. What movie do we not want to make? Let's not. We don't want to make a princess movie. We don't want to make. You know, basically. They, they didn't want to make a music. They were demanding to make it a musical, and they were saying like, "Oh no, it's not. Yeah. We're not going to put music into it." Which they end up doing, but they do it in a way that helps tell the story yeah. better. It wasn't the character singing. Which is something that they actually yeah. learned from uh, the crew that worked on the Jungle Book. They said, okay, well, you could actually use music to tell your story. Yeah. And every single shot is a different character. And the characters, you know, in this movie are lovable. Right. All the way down to, you know, Ham and Slinky. And, you know, they're all memorable. Like Bo Peep, all of them have their own place in Andy's toy box, in Andy's room. Yeah. And them as comedians, I mean, Don Rickles, you know, you got <laughs> Ernest. What's his real name? Jim Varney. Yeah. Jim Varney. Jim, yeah. Jim Varney. Uh, Slinky Dog. Slinky Dog. And then you have uh, Rex's voice. <laughs> Was, Sean uh, Wallace, Sean who Wallace. was also uh, Vinzino from The Princess Bride, yeah. better known as Inconceivable. <laughs> that was really good. God, I love and that. And also dude. from uh, Haunted Mansion. Yes, that's yeah. right. The yeah. horrible Eddie Murphy version. Yes. The oh. one that no one should ever speak of. What is wrong with you? Uh, I never seen that movie. Good so, for you. Yeah. Don't watch it. <laughs> Thank you. Don't watch it. Come on, it's just Eddie Murphy. I have nothing against Eddie Murphy or you know anything, but. That ride is honestly my favorite, and uh, to make it into something com comparable to like Scooby Doo, was 
that was more horrifying than the haunted mansion itself. Right. So, yeah, yeah. it was crazy. And I mean, yeah. it's it's so crazy how the just the theme of this movie of just like um, technology, you know, art inspires technology, mm-hmm. and technology inspires art. Was John Lasseter saying during the whole ride of this, and literally, like, what came out of this? Like, you got Toy Story Mania, right? And that, mm-hmm. in a, in a way, broke a lot of barriers. That's mm-hmm. a ride that no one had ever seen before in that yeah. format, mm-hmm. you know. So it was really cool. Like, they kind of used that all along it, and it's been really doing well for them. Like, they decided we're gonna stick to what we want to do. F you Disney, give us two weeks. They they had two weeks after Disney sat down and watched it because they were like, you know what, we don't like this. And at first yeah. they told him, you know, Woody needs to be a little more, more edgy. And they were very young at the time, so they were taking their advice. But then they realized, like, we're not going to do what they want to do. Let's do for what we wanted to do from the beginning and roll with it. And that's what they did. And two weeks later when they showed Disney, Disney was like, all right, we'll back off. Because they were in San Francisco, and Disney wanted them to move back to Burbank right. so they could be kept a closer watch. You know, isn't that funny in a way that it's like Disney's its own worst enemy? Because they're trying to have some sort of creative control over all their processes and projects, and in doing so, stifle the artistic mm-hmm. uh, method and wind up with a very blasé product in the end whereas opposed you have guys like pixar and to you know some extent now john favreau who are like giving the middle finger to disney and saying let me do my work and you'll get your money yeah. kind of thing and and I you mean, know i think that a fucking fuck yeah dude you know? mm-hmm. mandalorian best show on television i said it i don't care i'll stand by it it's fucking great (laughs) we'll stand by it too it's fucking amazing you know you know what they did like they created that room the yeah that giant 4k screen see and that's what i'm talking about that's the kind of innovation that that you just if if disney had his finger on everything you know that would have been a green screen or some bullshit like that would have been like no 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 like this is what we're used to Mm -hmm. this is our formula yep you know and i mean that's that goes back to john favreau's you know his phrase you know and or not john favreau john lasseter's john lasseter yeah. You know? And uh, I mean, to this day, I think that anybody that kind of lives by that rule, you're going to come out with something that's really awesome. Yeah. You, know? you just have to do something different and just go with it. Yeah. And, and trust even against kids, the odds. You yeah. know, I mean, at first they were like, dude, they got Tim Allen in there. Uh, John Lasseter wanted Tim Allen because he liked to stand up and he was like, we yeah. could probably use this guy. You know, <laughs> he jumped on it as soon as he could. <laughs> and they, they told Tom Hanks, look, you want to be part of this movie. I can't even do that noise. <laughs> you want to be part of this movie because your kids will love you. Your grandkids will love you. It's it's going to be down in history. And that's how yeah. they get people to do voiceovers. For yeah, when you pitch it that way, they're like, uh, well, how could I say no? No, this is what he said. He's like, dude, I would have done it for free coffee. Like, like they wanted to do it. Like they were really yeah. adamant about doing it, and they had no idea what the output was going to be. Right. And uh, yes, it's a risk. They were talking about after they had the premiere of the movie at the El Capitan Theater in Hollywood. Um, you know, weeks after that, the, one of the animators went to go drop off his kid at, at his play at school, and mm-hmm. they go into the playground. He says a bunch of kids like playing around in the playground, and he said he heard the kids go to infinity and beyond you know saying phrases from the movie and yeah. he said that freaked him out like because <laughs> of how much of an impact he had yeah. made and it was literally now affecting his everyday life that'd be a really funny twilight zone episode they have one dude who makes like a hit movie and then all of a sudden he's surrounded by people who are quoting the movie 
but they don't know that he's involved with it. So literally every every aspect of his life now becomes a project that he's been dealing with for like the past three years. I mean, that's the situation that they're living <laughs> in. That's man. a special yeah, that kind is. of hell. Because it's like you fucking love it, but you're also despising the fact that you're surrounded by the shit, by your work, yeah. essentially. I mean, that happens a lot with actors with their iconic uh, movies. Like, they just start quoting things and they're just like, oh, fuck, I'm so sick of it. And they can't really escape from it. Oh, yeah, you know, a yeah. bunch so, of celebrities lost their mind for that. So, right. Tim Shore. Allen, during that <laughs> time, Shore. he said that he was like in an <laughs> elevator or something. And um, the parents were with the kid and they were like, oh, look, look, you know, Timmy, like, that's, that's the voice of Buzz Lightyear. Like and then uh, Tim Allen goes to infinity and beyond and the kid starts crying <laughs> and then like, why are you crying you're like that man ate Buzz Lightyear <laughs> you know so I mean that's how real these characters were to to kids yeah. these days I remember like that was my birthday cake was the Toy Story birthday cake yeah. man like that shit was selling off the walls and I mean I don't think Disney ever expected this little ass team to come out with these results and come out with yeah. something so marketable such a franchise that to this day we're going to see a part yeah I, I, yeah no I, well see yeah. i distinctly remember seeing that movie for my 10th birthday just to give you guys uh, some math mm-hmm. homework <laughs> to see how old i am but uh you know i went and saw it with like about six kids from my class like six or seven kids i forget but they're all boys because you know we're all fucking awkward and didn't talk to girls and shit like that and also at the same time uh you know they they had already seen it which is funny because we went to go see a double feature they had already seen it they saw that and they didn't fucking care that we were seeing it a second time they were related to the fact that we were seeing it a second time and then they watched a movie that they didn't see afterwards which was Muppet Treasure Island which was released the same year so I mean two (laughs) you guys gotta do an episode on Muppet Treasure Island I think Muppets in general would be a good episode yeah I think Muppets would be a good episode you know and talk about some of the best movies in it right Hmm. yeah not bad for Neon Fibian. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, how how I mean, how was everyone's reactions in the theater when they when you went to the theater? Oh, dude, we were laughing our asses off, and like, you know, as a kid, I even got the fucking jokes like when fucking Potato Head removes his fucking lips and then yeah. sticks it to his ass when when yeah, fucking Slinky used to be to kiss ass to Woody. I'm like, oh shit, they did that in a kids movie. Yes, <laughs> but, and, and that's that's the kind of humor, the kind of smart humor that they did. That, yeah, I mean, and they could get away day, with it. Yeah. Pixar is following that same formula. Yeah. Not only make a movie for the for the kids, but make a movie for the parents. Mm-hmm. And even if the jokes go over the kids' heads, mm-hmm. that's exactly They'll get what it. you want. Yeah, it's hitting everyone. On, when you're older and you watch it back, and you're like, holy shit! Like watching. I didn't realize that. You know, <laughs> you know what's what's interesting about that is that I, I'm pretty damn sure that Disney saw the success of this film, and then the fact that it was is appealing to adults as well as kids that they decided to adopt that formula on their own, mm-hmm. and that's how we wound up with movies like Tarzan. Lilo and Stitch, um, Treasure Planet, and Atlantis, who are both horribly underrated. Yeah. I'm sorry, but they are, and they were ahead of their time. Disney Plus, you gotta get on making those into live action adaptations. I'm sorry. Treasure Planet Planet and Atlantis would be amazing live action adaptations. Same thing with Black Cauldron. Yes. Dude, they. They use CGI ever since the Black Cauldron. The black sheep of Dis- of Disney's films. Yep. Yes. Yeah. And the thing is that, you know, they kept using it little by little since then. Like, another great one, The Great Mouse Detective, mm-hmm. the whole fight scene inside Big Ben 
that's all CGI, you know? So, but they were using it back then, but they never thought that it was able to really do characters. You know, it's one thing to do backgrounds and to do giant objects, but it's another yeah. thing to do an acting being. Yeah. And the fact that Toy Story not only did it, but did it so damn successfully uh-huh. that it launched literally every cgi movie ever since then that you could oh, think DreamWorks of every yeah i mean that, right? yeah we have shrek because of toy story yeah. but at the same time we also have the minions so i mean you win some you lose some <laughs> so <laughs> no hate to any minions fans I mean, out there there's Groot too there's despicable me yeah movie. right after that you know he just branched out into like different they were like oh kids things, love these yeah. more okay kids want to buy you, these you know what you want to watch <laughs> but I, I will yeah. say from an artistic standpoint though it was a double-edged sword because it was like now you got all these this you have a brand new medium a brand new tool from where you can expand from and grow and make it awesome but at the same time disney completely abandoned their 2d side of animation for a long time not until princess and the frog for a while there after after i think home on the range was the last one that they did that was 2d and then they were they were doing all the 3d films after that but it's like that's the one thing i never liked about that was that you know disney felt compelled to like get on the fucking bandwagon Mm -hmm. rather than stick with their strengths right but regardless uh it's still a good thing because i mean we got fucking toy story out of it we got fucking incredibles ratatouille um i love those films like they're so i mean the the success of this and the response of all the fans of all the public and media the the main thing that they said was the biggest compliment was they only said in the very beginning this was a computer animated movie and then the rest was about the movie mm-hmm. so that yeah. for them was like we did our job mm-hmm. because we made the characters real we made them believable we made people believe what's going on yeah and that for them was the busy- biggest success you know right and i mean shit man like once you go on that tower who can knock you down then and then shortly is when they do that little story when they went to go eat somewhere mm-hmm. and yeah. they had the conversation about all the next movies that we're going to do including Cars, mm-hmm. Ratatouille yeah. um, what else? Bugs Life Bugs, Bugs Life, Life, all that stuff Bugs Life Monsters, right after. Inc. Yeah. Monsters Inc dude I mean like that was it and that was years and years and years in the making bro yeah you know like 25 years yeah I wanted to see how that conversation was like cause they were already like celebrating the hype of like you know their first movie Toy Story and then it said like dude we could do so much with this like that's that's the thing is I really love the art the the inspirational catalyst that this film was yeah because that's that's i'm sorry that's a morale booster if you do yeah. something that never been done before uh check out ryan Chu's drive through yeah. by the way we uh, worked on that my yeah hobby, my brother javi and i worked on that oh yeah yeah uh i was a technical director but anyways <laughs> enough of the shameless plug um <laughs> yeah no that was like hey we can do this yeah like we like we know how to do this let's let's fucking keep it going and then the next progression honestly was from plastic you go to like well what's what's a living organism that's kind of hard shelled on the outside and they're like well fucking insects and like there you go bugs life Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so i think that that was that that it was a natural progression of getting stuff from from you know where it was a toy story to where it is now and the cool thing is about pixar is that every movie they've ever put out has always been a step that is furthering 
the uh, yeah. the, the advancement of the technology to yeah. do exactly. I mean, like, because right after uh, right after Bugs Life was Monsters Inc., mm-hmm. and that was the first time they ever did fur in CGI. Right. Yeah. So that like, was hair. Bro. Yeah, exactly. That, that was, was all hair. Very individual hairs. Mm-hmm. So every movie after that, you know, was a big deal. That's why you know you look at the kids in Toy Story. I don't remember Andy's hair very well, but I remember Sid's hair. Very I well. remember the his little sister's hair. It yeah. looked like corn. <laughs> <laughs> it looked like, she looked like a corn head. Damn, she got some corn ass hair, fool. <laughs> For real, she freaked me out as a kid. I remember that. But yeah, she looked like a doll. I mean, one, one thing that you said that really reverberates with me is you said like uh, a catalyst, like an inspirational catalyst. And a lot of people, I don't think know this, but one of the people that was an inspirational catalyst towards the production team of this movie was Steve Jobs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So he's the one that basically bought Pixar and was like, I believe in you guys. You guys can do this. And he provided the goods. And then guess what? Yeah. Guess who got a bunch of Apple computers? <laughs> and the craziest part is this, bro. Like, you know, once Toy Story 2 came out, they had networking available to them. They had, you know, instead, if you needed to send a file over to, you know, Jim over there yeah. in his building or in his office, you'd have to, you know, actually, there was a guy that came around. You'd have to export your video, okay? And then this guy on a scooter would come around with, <laughs> and pick it up and literally transport it over to the homie to in the, the, other, other yeah. the other office. Yeah. You know, so like that's how they were moving files around. That's yeah. how they were I mean, getting stuff to the editing table. Yeah, when it, when it comes to files, especially like animating something like that big, you have to have like, you know, fucking data farms. Yeah. You know? I mean, shit, man. Like they and, had basically all kinds of VHSs. Like they were really in the time where analog and digital were making that hybrid yeah. um, merge, you know? like Yeah, I mean, digital like, was coming through. Digital was coming through. And, and now, I mean, after them doing all these little shorts, they realized like let's try to do a full length we're yeah. gonna yeah. do this you know, yeah, and absolutely. the thing is like what's interesting about this whole operational way that they did this is that Toy Story itself kind of in a way the way that you're talking about switching from analog to digital type of deal mm-hmm. that's very much the aesthetic that Star Wars has right. you know that's literally if you look at it there's all like Star Wars is nothing but buttons and switches and then maybe a heads up display mm-hmm. and shit yeah but you know that, that so that's the thing it's like the it's, the it's, future. it's yeah. a winning combination man somehow like that that threshold between the merging from digital to to analog and back and forth like I think that's the golden means of, of design nowadays to be honest Right. Yeah, man. I think that, uh, I mean, this style is going to protrude through film forever. Right. You know? And it changed I mean, everything. One of my favorites, I mean, uh, obviously, Ratatouille is my favorite Pixar film. Is it? Yes, it is. But it's a good one. I got to say, Coco, too, is, oh, yeah, is Coco. also up there. Yeah. Because, I mean, not only did they, they're starting to get ethnic with it. They're trying to represent all types of people. Yes. Yeah. I think that representation is very important for, you know, people all over the world yeah absolutely representation absolutely and here's the thing with coco is that you know pixar didn't just decide to make a story about mexico and about day of the dead they fucking did their homework yeah they really did that's what that's what sold it to me you know being being a chicano myself you know it's kind of a high standard that i was going to hold this movie up to when i went to go see it because no offense to book of life but book of life you know you know that that was very stylistic and beautiful but you know coco that it had heart 
Right. And it found that heart within, you know, Mexican culture and, you know, the, the, the archetypes that, that are held sacredly within. And, uh, you know, that's another thing about Pixar that I really, I really do love is that they do the homework. Yeah, they hit the right marks. Uh, and honestly, they hit you in the heart. Yeah, too, you know. And honestly, like I'm pretty sure, like half the staff of Pixar is like uh, Latino Mexicans, you know. Uh, maybe. <laughs> I honestly, I'm pretty sure there is. Honestly, don't know. Because I be. see some of the credits and I see some Hispanic last names. And okay. I'm just like you know. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know what? They're based here in. They're Cali, based here in California. So, so you know, yeah. and uh, for all you history buffs out there, Cali was Mexico. So. In case you didn't know. Yeah. This was our land. So Pixar's <laughs> technically a Mexican product. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> But, but it, mean, is, it is I after mean, Coco. It is after Coco. They got creative <laughs> with their files. They got creative with their transportation. They created their own file type yeah. for this movie. Right. And for all the movies to come, Pixar is literally a file type. Yeah. Um, and it's it's all using Apple software. They were using Apple software, dude. Yeah. And, like, who knows if they're still using that. They probably got some fucking supercomputers now, for all I know. Oh, it's faster. But, dude, I mean, every fucking part of this movie from the beginning of the end, like, you could either say back, you know your favorite jokes, <laughs> and you still laugh at them. You know what I'm I saying? I still so do, It's yeah. something that still is relevant to today. And that was a challenge. 25 years ago was a long time. And for it to still be relevant today, I think, is yeah. one of the biggest challenges that I don't think they, they saw that they would have to, you know, come, like like cross that path and but they ended up doing it just by you know sticking with their goals right and that shit's amazing man i think we're ready for uh you know what it is the top two the top two scenes top two scenes top, baby. top two scenes you want to do the effects what madness is this watch this All right. <laughs> All right. Well, so, uh, top two scenes. Top two scenes. Everybody's movie. Guest, do you want to go first? Um, sure. Okay. So, top two scenes for me. Hmm. We'll start with one, and then we'll go around. And yeah. Okay. Okay. Let's All right. Turns. Well, I'm gonna go to the one that comes to mind right off the top of my head. Okay. And uh, and I got a deeper one that that's that I'll save for later, but probably the whole scene where Buzz and Woody get trapped in Sid's room. And right. see the, the toy abominations toys. that he made, and I fucking loved that shit as yeah. a kid. I was like, "Holy shit! <laughs> what the fuck is that? That's that's Barbie legs on a hook and fucking <laughs> you know a fucking duck on a a, yeah. a Pez duck on a you know a hand and the fucking oh dude the fucking baby spider, that thing was a thing of beauty. Ooh. That yeah, thing yeah. was a thing of beauty. That. I'm sorry, I do, I do right. want to own that. Imagine but, if that was a remote control thing, you could just fucking. It was like. And yeah. you know what it's really like, yeah. what really impressed me about that scene is the fact that somehow they replicated black light lighting for that scene, yeah. to make yeah. it even creepier. Like if you were in like a haunted maze or something like yeah. for Universal Studios Hollywood or some shit It'd like that. Like a stoner's room. Dude. Yeah. yeah exactly. And it was, um, dude, it just stuck with me. And the fact that, you know, they were scared shitless and you could see that. And then they kind of realized that they were just victims of Sid's madness. Yeah. And 
I don't know, that scene was just, it's just such a good scene. And of course, when they come to life at the end and horrify Sid. Yeah. That was dope. I that mean, was all fucking great. With Sid were fucking, yeah. It was, yeah. I, you, this is not a Disney movie. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> this is not a, exactly. Yeah, they just made a scary name. If anything, like, oh. it, was, it was like the, his little uh, mini Frankenstein. Exactly. Like, that was, they, he was, he was, a, he was fucking Frankenstein. So I'm yeah. guessing your, the baby head thing was your favorite? Well, the baby head was awesome. But you know what? The little thing about, the, the one scene, the one thing that, stood out to me the best that was fucking Woody talking to Sid as a toy and Sid's freaking out and then when Woody's head turns around on his <laughs> on his shoulders by itself he's like we see everything I'm like oh fuck yeah like this is fucking Dude, gold the audio's so good in that movie like yeah. the way that they played the the little um, filter over when we see everything sounds like a pool toy yeah. and then when he's talking for the rest of the movie he sounds clear mm-hmm. right so I mean I think that contrast really sells the fact that like oh these humans are just seeing the toys Mm -hmm. and that was really cool you know and i I really like the like um okay i guess i'll go into mine uh go ahead (laughs) man dude okay i gotta say my favorite scene would have to be when they go into pizza planet because okay. holy shit, right. yep. I wanted to go there. I was like, does that place exist? Because I want to go there. In Orlando. I don't know if it exists anymore, though, but it did for a while. Holy oh, shit. shit. I didn't know that it actually existed. Yeah. <laughs> they made a real life one. I was like, I want to get, like, soda throw up from this big <laughs> bug machine. And, like, that shit was so cool, man. And, like, it was totally banking on the Chucky. It was making the Chuck E. Cheese joke. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? And mm-hmm. later on, you see that. But it's just, like... That that is the pivotal moment right there where shit gets flipped, you know, shit gets turned on its head. Mm-hmm. Sid ends up getting the Buzz Lightyear toy mm-hmm. and and a Woody doll. Wow, and you know? a dorky cowboy doll. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, the fucking <laughs> little green man. Like that scene right there, and then that that was another way that they also did that black light. They replicated yeah, that black light. Yeah, no, that that one that one alien that gets picked up to the claw. Farewell, my friends, and going on a, a better place. And the whole time I'm thinking. You dumb bastard. <laughs> <laughs> What's the first thing that happens to him when he gets to Sid's house? Like, he's all like, a fucking dog. <laughs> he's like, I got a chew toy for you, boy. Sit still. <laughs> it was just horrible to them. That shit was scary to me, too. In it that I was reading uh, like a while back, yeah. but, like the wallpaper inside of uh, Sid's house yeah. was they slipped in some pot leaves. Really? <laughs> Sid's house. Oh, my God. So uh, if you look at it, you could actually see, and the wallpaper changes, I think, for the second half of the movie. Something weird like that hilarious yeah uh but i mean that that's what really kicked off the movie like holy shit like it's no longer taking place in the little kid's bedroom like they're all over the world yeah they could just travel in cars and do all kinds of things that normal humans can do like what the fuck like that that to me was like holy shit like i want to go there and i want to win a buzz like your toy <laughs> and then the 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 gophers the pop out of the, the yeah the, popping out of the fucking the yeah the little house. aliens coming out of the freaking the astronaut the ridley, yeah ridley scott eat your heart yeah. out type Dude, thing yeah, yeah. They were, they were <laughs> that's parents, my thought they were in their way paying homage to movies that they loved yeah you know? and you know it's it's just so cool the contrast between that space character and a 1950s cowboy and them coming into the same time frame yeah and realizing each other's potential and yeah like, who's that Ernest that's Jim Varney who's Jim Varney Ernest Ernest, Ernest. oh what <laughs> I thought he died you did 
But yeah, he did die. If you guys ever get a chance to go on Google and look up the the cast for Toy Story, there's this picture of Jim Varney where he's got this goatee. He looks like a cholo. And he looks like he looks really? like a bicep, man. He looks like a fucking, you know, <laughs> man, but but Rest in peace, Jim Verney. Yeah. Fuck. That's what I was going to talk about, though, uh-huh. too. Like, mm-hmm. how many people from that cast are actually still living? Yeah, yeah. Or yeah. how many of those did actually pass right. away? Like, yeah. Okay. Now I want to talk about that. Yeah. But we'll, go ahead, we'll, sir. Yeah, we'll go into that. But just kind of making, kind of piggybacking on your point, like having to have those characters outside, like, the house and seeing the world for what it is. I think my scene would be, like, when they were at the gas station and, you know. They have a fight. They have that fight. Uh, and yep. That's a very pivotal point of the fucking story because yes. they come to realize like, oh, I thought, I thought like, are you, like you're being for real. It's like you're thinking like you're this fucking Buzz Lightyear, like you're the real Buzz Lightyear. And he's thinking in reality like, yeah, we're freaking toys, bro. And that was actually a concept. Hey man, you, you gotta say the line. Oh. You, you are a toy! <laughs> no, you are a Toy, you're a child's plaything. <laughs> that fucking scene killed me as a kid. Dude, that shit was so, so hilarious. It still like, kills me. Yeah. I mean, but the crazy part is during production, that's when they realize, like, what if Buzz doesn't know that he's a toy? Yeah. Which actually and brings that's a lot. Honestly, the backbone of the yeah, movie. Yeah, it is. Which actually brings a lot of questions to me because, like, because of the, the rules of this world, like, you're not supposed to, like, you know, uh, come to life when like there's children or any human present but how does like how does Buzz know that like how does he get the cue on that you know you know when that he's is thinking weird. when wonder- he's thinking like he's mm-hmm. the real Buzz Lightyear he doesn't act out yeah I think it's an instinctual thing that toys yeah. just have that's the only thing I could think of cause, that's uh, what I was thinking that was my line of thinking you know thinking. there was a there was a Jim Hansen spe- Christmas special that came out yeah. like in the 80s called The Christmas Toy and yeah. it literally dealt with that was yeah. what if toys were living and stuff and it showed them being alive and playing you know and, and having personalities and all that and what would happen if a person saw you move so what happens if a person sees you move there's a little clown puppet and little clown doll in, in the short but somebody sees the clown move for a split second and he falls down limp and then when all the toys try to resuscitate him they can't so he's trapped in his body like he still think but he can't move at all oh shit yeah so that's horrifying yeah. so I wonder if that's what happened when the kid sees a toy I wonder if they kept that idea over to this uh, I think I read that somewhere that that movie was actually inspiration for this one yep you know? makes sense so it makes sense and I guess you have to just like go with it you know when it comes to that you well, can't really question too much of it doing the, the shorts the yeah. animated shorts the first one that they did was the Tin Man in the 1980s and yeah Later, that's, yeah. that's when they had that creepy ass baby <laughs> and it was uh, based yes. on the fear of slobber from a child's yeah. mouth like he saw him put the donut in his mouth and then he looked at, like the baby looks at the tin man and the tin man's just like oh shit <laughs> like I'm next yeah, no, like that know? face is priceless it's like, Dude, if you see that slobber like that baby god that baby yeah so that many was so creepy I yeah, love it, really it. it's it's like it's like Uncanny Valley Party 1. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Someone just thought that, that and they were just like, oh, this isn't right. And I was like, just keep that. Just yeah. keep that. Well, God bless the animator God for bless sticking. Those yeah, because you know what? It worked. They knew it was. They knew it was scary as shit. Yeah. And that's why that that's that's why that toy was scared. Yeah. You know. Dude. Wow. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, that's when they realized, like, dude, maybe we should just 
do this movie about toys and maybe they did bring those storylines into it and they yeah. a lot of different shit but the point is is these guys did it to what they they made what they wanted to make you know? yeah uh, mm-hmm. you guys ready for beer too? yeah uh, uh, yeah, yeah. beer yeah. too go for it alright so we're trying me the guest uh, have the honor of opening the the next beer on uh, Golden Craft Cast uh, it is Galactic Cowboy Imperial Stout Nitro by the Left Hand Brewing Company in Longmont Colorado uh, let me see do they have something to read here we go Super smooth and cosmically dark. 9.0% alcohol by volume, 44 IBUs. Good to go from the can, like a pro in a glass. All right, so let me crack this guy open. Sound like a spaceship. Dude, that did sound like a spaceship going off. (laughs) So the cool thing about these nitros is you got to pour it hard. Yep. Like, no, no, that's too soft, Manny. You too, Sergio. What's wrong with you guys? Like this. All right, like an animal. Yeah, so I'm literally, I got like the glass a foot away from the freaking stout kind of thing. Gotta we'll give it a good we'll head. Save we'll save you one, Adrian. We got one for you, Adrian. Just get yourself a glass. You need a glass? That's, our, that's, the, that's the third Ruiz son. My brother, Adrian. There he is. The fourth Ruiz. <laughs> All right. <laughs> to the craft, so, uh, To the craft. To the craft. To the craft and to Toy Story, huh? To Pixar. Pixar. <sighs> Oh, that's so... That looks so cool. Mmm. Raft nose. Smooth. A little bit of coffee hints. Oh, yeah. A little bit of chocolate. chocolate. Mm-hmm. Imperial. Imperial stout. Oh, yep. Oh, my God. It says on the bottle, or I mean, I'm sorry, on the can, for earthers, belters, and dusters alike. Good shit. Dude, that's good. Mm-hmm. It's almost... It almost gives you... A li- it's a little bit nutty. Honestly, I really need this. Ah, shameless Austin Powers plug. <laughs> I heard that they're making part three. Or part four, part four. excuse me. But that's been on the back burner for I would gladly pay for part four. Yeah, anyway, I would too. Uh, so, uh, Toy Story, huh? So, are we... Top uh, second two, scene, so second scene. Wait, Yeah, top on. two, before second we, scene. Before we get into the second scene, what do you guys think about the beer? Oh, right. Beer is fantastic. Yeah, uh, I've had this one before. Um, very smooth. And the fact that it's nitro and you hard pour it, it's like drinking velvet. Cool. It is. It's very smooth. It's, it's so got such a good mouthfeel to it. So good. And, of course, you got... It's your Imperial Stout, so you got your chocolate notes. You got your... Uh, you got your coffee notes, so it's Almost it's a little bit yeah. of hazelnut. Yep, it's a your bit of it's your friend in, in these colder months, you know. Yeah, you need that stuff. We were just talking about that on the last podcast. Yeah, I really like the stuff during stout. the winter months and during the colder season. It's yeah, it's time for stouts. It's time for your stouts. So Pretty get in, stout. get cozy. Uh, my favorite type of beer, a stout. Yeah, same. All right, let's see. So we said two, the second one, right? So, yeah. Sergio, you bastard, you stole, you stole my second scene. Did I? Yeah, you did, but it's fine. Uh, I will pick There's another one. It's okay. There's a I lot feel, of honestly, of, yeah, honestly, I did feel like I was gonna steal one of yours because you said you were gonna go deep on it. Yeah. But go ahead, if you want to talk Listen, about it, go then deep. Then in that case, it. you know, as much as I love that scene because it's a great scene because yeah. it's the whole point of like you know, knowing your place and knowing what you are in the world yeah. versus you know the high fantasies that you were born with or something. There's some deep psychology behind that, but I think yeah. if I were to pick a different scene in the film okay I think it would be the scene where Woody 
has the toy soldiers go downstairs and spy on the birthday party to yeah. see what toys oh, they get. That was cool. Yeah. That's such a cool scene because it's cool. like because you see these you see that these toys are in a weird way paranoid. Yeah. They think that they're getting replaced. That's always in the back of their mind. Mm-hmm. And that's the worst case scenario for any toy to be honest yeah. in this film. And who does it happen to? Nothing other than our favorite cowboy, Sheriff Woody. Right. So the fact that they built up that fear they established that fear for the audience you know that this is the toy's worst nightmare is that they get replaced by a newer shinier toy and then the they themselves get placed in storage or in an attic or somewhere collecting dust for decades yeah. and decades which they further explored in the sequels but right. that fear was very important to instill because you needed to set establish that type of that that type of fight you know that conflict right. between Woody and Buzz that set up the whole movie you know if you didn't have that fear set in place for the audience to recognize and yeah. understand then the rest of the movie wouldn't have made any sense yeah it goes right off the bat because of his first line is like oh Annie's birthday is today mm-hmm Mm-hmm. And then that that really hits the uh, the conflict is already yep right the there. way it's the, already just the, the fact the, the way he delivers the way he delivers the line exactly it, yeah it's like oh shit you know it's like code red today's the day yeah so you know the fact that they yeah. that they yeah. really put a lot of deep thought into that yeah there's already a stake into cool it cool little tidbits on that scene go ahead um, when they were animating the soldiers they were like how the fuck are we going to make these soldiers walk they had these giant planks yeah. connected to them right so what they did was one of the animators actually ha- got a board and hammered shoes <laughs> onto the board and they took turns going into the shoes and they gave him a little water gun yeah like all right you're an army man go ahead and walk around <laughs> try to run you know so it was literally like oh go ahead and try to run and that helped them the most was doing that scene and that's something that goes back to very early disney days when walt would the, bring in the rotoscoping animals. and stuff yeah yeah mm-hmm. so i mean they were doing that to that's each so other cool. they were using themselves as models and that helped them out so much in the animation part of the the army men yeah that scene and see here's the thing is that, is that that that's the genius of it you know like rather than seeing it as an obstacle they decided to fucking go with it and turn it into a strength fucking chad i'm sorry it's so fucking so good and you know that's that's exact and then you look at it now and you're like well that's exactly how a toy soldier would walk you know yeah. like that's that's you know and they read went ahead and replicated that in the parks you know any toy soldier that they have in the parades and shit like that that are from toy story most of them still have that piece of rubber yeah between their feet and as a matter of fact now you got me thinking i really want to get two pairs of boots and nail them to a plank and then that'll be a new fucking uh party game <laughs> have that fucking like run, run toy story like soldier. toy story toy soldier soldiers. boot camp or some oh, shit like that i thought you were gonna say that's gonna be your next halloween costume <laughs> oh shit don't get me even started man yeah, that, that might happen that would be, be legit cool, yeah that'd be legit as hell yeah, if yep. they can do it, then it might as well be a Halloween costume. But, uh, yep. Who who did they get to do the voice of the sergeant? Uh, what's his name from? Yeah, uh, from, from Full Metal, Metal Jacket. Jacket. Uh, yeah. I have him right here, with my handy dandy iPhone. Uh, who is a real sergeant in real who life? Who is a real sergeant in real life? Yeah. That's why he knows he he's so well at delivering his lines. He's so yeah. good at delivering. His lines. Yeah, he's been like in the film industry for like such a long time. Oh, yeah, even before like Full as, Metal he Jacket. He was as excited about it as uh, you know yeah. Tim Allen. Really? And yeah, he was just as excited. <laughs> hey, you're gonna play another. You're gonna play yet another like, sergeant. The only one that was like <laughs> done with this shit was Don Rickles. 
Yep. <laughs> he was like, literally like, oh, they, they look at each other. He goes, oh, John, do you like that? Do you like that? Oh, I don't know, Tony. You know? <laughs> I'm done. He's Fucking like, done. I'm done. Don't call me anymore. Hey, don't listen. call me anymore. I love Don Rickles. Oh, and yeah. Potato Head was... God bless him. Potato Head was pretty much my favorite character. Yeah. yeah. Other than... Yeah, Woody. I like... Yeah, I freaking love him because he's so fucking sassy and such a fucking smart ass. I love sassy ass bud. I bet you he... <laughs> he I bet you he, he like freeballed a lot of those lines. Oh, improvised, yeah. You know, he improved them. And, uh... I'm pretty dude, sure he has. I mean, like, they, they, there's a scene in the documentary where John Lasseter puts a potato head next to Don Rickles' face. <laughs> he's like, it's it looks the same like guy. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same guy. But Don Rickles is a pimp, man. He used to hang out with Frank Sinatra. Oh, hell yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, comedians and cars getting coffee. By Arlie Ermy. Rest in peace. Arlie Ermy. Yep. Rest yeah. in peace. He's another yeah, one. Yeah, I know. He another passed. He passed. Yeah. Yes, yeah, he did. He oh, wow. Okay. He does the voice of uh, of uh, Sarge. Yeah. Arlie Ermy. He does the voice of Sarge. Holy! Oh wait, no, that's that's the newer ones. For some reason, to show me the cast from the newer from films as well. Yeah. No. Uh, let's see. Toy Story. Dude, if you write Toy Story, it's just like one whole actors, thing in there. Like, yeah. Oh man, they got fucking Keanu now, dude. Yeah. yeah dude. <laughs> so we'll talk about that later. Oh yeah, yeah. That, that's. But I mean, uh, to go back to your scene, like, man, like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, there's so many good scenes in that movie. That's yeah. just that's just one of them. Yeah. You know? So, mm-hmm. what's your scene that you want to talk about? The second one. Second one. I gotta say, the scene, and this for me, this scene was probably the most technical scene. Yeah. That they did, because oh, damn it, it was it minds. was the one where he's lighting. The firework with Buzz Lightyear's head. Oh, never mind. With like his is, <laughs> they're on they're on RC and he just put it in turbo. Yeah. And he's trying to catch up with the moving truck. Yeah. Uh-huh. And they run out of gas. Yeah. And they're sitting there like, what the hell? Like, what are we gonna do? Like, the movie's over, right? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, the torture scene comes back to his mind. Yeah, to call back. Fucking Sid's place. Yeah. <laughs> getting burned with the magnifying glass, and it was like, oh, you can do this with this type of texture. Yeah. So at that point, they're using texture. It was glass. To yeah. tell the story, they're using like the anatomy of the characters to tell the story. Yeah. And it says and so much because like I thought it was glass that he was using to like you know burn him. Yeah. And I and then you find out like, wait. His helmet is basically glass. Yeah. Like, what the hell? Like, I thought it was plastic. Really, yeah. Really shiny plastic will do the trick, bro. Really? Yeah. A oh, magnifying okay. glass made out of plastic will do the trick. Yeah, I'm actually yeah. surprised about that. I know that from smoking solar bowls <laughs> with a plastic magnifying glass. Yeah. yeah. If it's if it's there, it'll do it. But to, to be so technical as to say, okay, the light's coming from this source. We needed to go straight through, and they built this, you know, out on a like a like a little. Imagine you were playing toys. Like you literally have to set everything up so right, so perfect, that you can get that light. Yeah. And make it so, and make the smoke look good, right? The smoke looked realistic. Yeah, you know? it did. And, and that was really cool to me, you know, as a kid seeing that, you know, because it's really honing down what they could do with that rudimentary program. Yeah. And they can make smoke, man. They can make smoke and mirrors with that. Yeah. So that scene, I mean, but that was just the beginning of it, was him lighting the rocket. Yeah. So they're using this torture <laughs> device to com- help complete the movie. 
Yeah, you know, like something bad that they were experiencing actually comes back, and it's like for a good thing, you know. Yeah, exactly. That's what fucking he turned, saves them. He turned his his uh, his uh, traumatic experience into a strength. Right. And that's that's a that's hard to do, bro. <laughs> the writers on that. Oh, yeah. oh wow, like, yeah, that's really going deep. Oh, yeah. on that. Here's here's cheers to the writers for this. Cheers story. to the writers, cheers. absolutely. I mean, the writers definitely it. talked about it. He is. <laughs> The, the writers talked about it and they said like okay so like this is this is what we're doing this is okay so Woody's a short guy Buzz is a small guy how yeah. can we use this because he moves Buzz like in the way, <laughs> literally like, he literally moves his head to like do that and he doesn't even tell him about it yeah he's just like wait and then he just moves him I like how he's like pretty short and Woody's just tall and it just says so much about them because like Here's the guy that's like, you know, the fucking leader, and then the new toy is actually pretty short, and you know, the only thing that's impressive about him is like he can fly. Yeah. You know. He can fly, and then that's when he says. <laughs> that's the not flying. Line. That's, that's flying with style. style. Yeah, but then he says the famous <laughs> line, "Buzz, you're flying." He's like, "I'm not flying. I'm, I'm falling, falling with, with style." style. And he They're accepting a each other. Yeah. It's a callback. They're accepting each other's like um, differences. Differences. In that context, you know, yeah. and it's just like now I fully—that's that's them fully understanding, and that closes the arc. Holy shit! Yeah. Well, that's my second. <laughs> okay. Well, kind of going on yours. Um, I don't. I thought you were gonna go uh, with mine, with my uh, second top pick. At but... the end of the story, when it's Christmas. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> and they got a Mrs. Potato Head. <laughs> But Way to go, Idaho. Way to go, Idaho. Yeah. <laughs> so good. I really like that really line. I hope they ad lib that. Yeah, honestly, I really appreciated that joke after I became older. Actually, real I really quick, like, <laughs> can I say another great thing about this film is that it what? made John Ratzenberger a staple for every Pixar film following. Oh, yeah. yeah, he was in every. Yeah, he was in every film. Every Pixar film, he plays he someone. He was in, P.T. Flea. Yeah. He was Mac hey. from Cars. <laughs> he was. Uh, what was he in? In uh, oh yeah, he was the Yeti in Monsters Inc. Yeah, you know, he and played... he was the construction worker in Up. Yeah, so yeah. He, like I love that that he became an Easter yeah. egg in and of itself. He's, for a, Pixar. he's a true fan if he's like you know willing to do that. Absolutely, all the way down. Yep, right. that dude, that dude, legendary. legendary. Please continue. Yeah, oh, right, right, right. On that guy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like... Um, no, he's still alive. Are you sure? Yeah, he's, yes, he's still, sure he's still alive. He's still alive. Oh. Don't, don't, don't do my boy John right. Ratzenberger. How you research? Before I, I read something that he was passed. No, no, no. Fake news. Fake news. Fake news. Technically, it's a Hillary Clinton quote, and then Trump actually <laughs> stole it from her. No shit? Yeah. A lot of people don't know that. That's fine. I don't. I don't like. Sidecar. Hey, listen. (laughs) All right, we're going off tangent. Yeah, go ahead. (laughs) Okay, so like so far, we already seen very impressive things of what they could do with this animation. Like they got the physics right. They play with the physics, you know, with that whole scene with like um, Buzz having to fall, the lamp having to turn over and do that, but. I also thought, like, wow, they really went out, and I'm really, like, throughout the whole movie that, um, last time I watched it, I was just thinking, like, what if I, like, 20 years, like, uh, older at the time that it came out, and just saying, like, what are they doing with this, you know, like, with this animation? What the hell is this? (laughs) Well, basically, I'm just saying, like, oh, fuck, like, I'm really appreciating the, uh, animation, and I would have to say, like, the scene where they were chasing the, the moving truck. 
you know because like the whole part is just like a lot of things are moving and they're fucking oh, yeah. with physics oh, dude, it's like an a lot sequence. you know yeah. and it's a very action sequence it's just like wow they really went like this is oh, like the fucking climax yeah yeah the street long like the model of the street they had to make that for fucking miles right miles for, and miles away even look real yeah you know? and for them to like actually have like two moving objects having to get closer together and having to like you know just the thinking angle, about the distance the thinking about angle. the angle yeah and having to think like oh the, how is this gonna move the physics behind it man. Yeah. yeah and this is like having because they have Slinky like trying to grab Slinky he was while they were in the RC and that must have been really challenging because like he's the only thing that's being yeah. attached to like the moving truck and having to like well, not only that but you manipulate the movement of it Slinky part actually moving around while yeah. he was holding yep. on to the guy I saw him do a little yep. tail like, and stuff dude, like that means that the truck and his movement have to synchronize or they, it won't exactly they programmed in tensile strength you know that's that's unheard of. Yeah. Up to that point. I mean, it wasn't unheard of because yeah, they did do it in 2D, but the fact that they did it with this, you know that they that mm. they that they saw that it was so important to the storytelling to make it because to be honest, the tensile strength of Slinky added to the drama for that scene. The fact that he had that he had a limit, you know? Yeah. Not only that he had a limit, but all the characters they took into consideration what they were made out of and yeah. animated them to fit that material. Yeah. And that eye and that to be able to program that shit is hard as hell. Hell yeah. That's Dude, what I'm I saying. Mean, I you feel know like that Rex has little arms. He could only yeah. do this and this and this. Yeah. Right? He's plastic. <laughs> mm -hmm. But Woody, he's fabric. So when you wave him around like that, he's gonna <laughs> flop all over. You know, like right. that's the difference. When you push out, but like uh, Buzz's wings, his wings go out like that really fast because he has springs inside. Like, yeah. They thought about everything, dude. It, like. Yeah, they saying like, oh well, he's gonna have springs, so he has to move like a real. It's like the anatomy helped tell the story in its own way too. Yeah. Yeah. because it made it more I mean weird. understanding how the toys function is what right. really made it it's just like okay right. this toy functions this way so we have to do it exactly like this closest to like how realistic we can with this technology you know yeah. and and you really <laughs> see it's it's continued throughout that same standpoint has yeah. continued throughout all of the movies i mean even to the fourth one where bo peep she literally has to like hike up her skirt to be able to like do <laughs> right. stuff you know oh speaking of which annie potts absolute queen yeah. she was she oh, was uh yeah. in in ghostbusters uh oh god uh why am i forgetting her name the original Ghostbusters? Yes. She was the their secretary. Uh, Janine. Janine. Janine Melnitz. What a fucking queen. Annie Potts. You're amazing. <laughs> I did I did uh me and my me and uh my girlfriend Kat, we did uh Egon and Janine Melnitz a couple years ago for Halloween. Oh, that's so cool. So much fun. Yeah. Love that movie. But yeah, Annie Potts. So great. <laughs> she, she did Bo Peeps, right? Bo Peeps. Yeah, she did. She was, so, yeah. she, she was Bo Peep. She actually talked about in the documentary that um, during that time when she had just come out with the movie, her kids were going to school and she would actually come by to each classroom and read books and they would call her Bo Peep. Yeah. That was her little nickname, and she loved <laughs> it. Like that was like one of her favorite. She said that was one of her favorite memories. Yeah. Of it was 
her being called Bo Peep from it. Yeah, because you know, she and, is and, the character. But also doing stuff for your kids like that, and all your all your whole class is excited and ready to hear Bo Peep talk. <laughs> you know, like it's like do the voice, do the voice, say something, <laughs> say Woody. <laughs> Dude, but I mean, all those all those actors' lives changed. After. So here's here's yeah. some interesting uh, tidbits I just found. All right, this is the time to do the tidbits. Now. Okay, yeah. okay. Well, real quick before I do the tidbits, can I do an honorable mention for scene? You can do it. Go ahead. You want. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. This is your guy's show, so you know. You're I the be guest. We're accommodating. You can do whatever you want. Okay. <laughs> all right. So here it goes. Don't take advantage. <laughs> uh, not too late, hot plate. <laughs> All right, let's All see. Right. Uh, most hilarious scene. Yeah. One of the most hilarious scenes in this whole fucking thing. Four words. I am Mrs. Nesbitt. <laughs> we can't disregard. Holy shit. The fucking comi- comical that his, genius. That was his realization that he, that he was a, a toy. He, yeah. My boy got broken. Like yeah. literally and his figuratively. His mind got broken, bro. <laughs> he, yeah, he lost his arm. He like, oh shit. It was tea he was drinking, right? God damn. Honey was tortured, okay? Like, he lost his arm. Dude, and he was drinking that tea with Marie Antoinette and her little sister. <laughs> tidbit. Good shit. Yeah, oh. tidbit. The, yeah, it so was good. Yeah, it was named after. Wait, uh, wait, wait, did they repeat those toys later on in the scene? Uh, no, they didn't. They might have, but Wait, they were they? very generic looking. It was literally yeah. like a pterodactyl, a Barbie, and like a uh, uh, some rag doll. Yeah. But uh, no, so besides that, here's the tidbit I want to go on that I didn't know. Penn Jillette from Penn and Teller was in Toy Story, apparently. Yeah, I heard that He too. was a TV announcer. I had no idea. But on top of that, Bill, Bill Farmer... Uh, was in it, and he played a uh, monotone something or another, monotone announcer. I think that's what it was. Now, for any of you Disney buffs out there, and I'll ask you two gentlemen, because I want to see yeah. if you guys know who Mr. Bill Farmer is. Who do you think Bill Farmer is? Bill Farmer? Mm-hmm. He is a Disney legend. Absolutely. 100% a Disney, Disney legend. legend. Disney legend. When it comes to Disney legend, like he's... Give us a hint. Bill Farmer. Okay, I'll give you a hint. <laughs> okay. I'll give you a hint. He is a voice actor for Disney. So he's done a lot of yes. uh, voice acting for yes. Disney? Yes, he's done a lot of voice acting for Disney. Prominently one character in particular. So here, trivia time. Who is that one character? Goofy. There it is. <laughs> Go I on. guess. I guess. <laughs> I was going to say, that's a pretty that's a pretty uh, fun <laughs> guess. Cause, uh, cause yeah. I, was, I got I, so excited I unplugged myself. I'll see how low you want go on because, you know, one moment I was going to be like, Sir's hmm, got so excited he wrong here. I unplugged myself. <laughs> oh, no. Hey, no. Hmm, something wrong here. Dude, that's awesome. Gosh. So yes. they had the Disney voice actor in there. Yeah. yeah so that's that's a big yeah. deal. That, that's almost like if they already knew that this was going to be like a, a staple for the company, you know? Yeah. So the fact just, that they put their boy Bill Farmer in there. Yeah. Bro, I just got to say those two weeks. Which I met, by the way, Bill Farmer. Nice guy. Lovely human being. You oh. met Bill Farmer? I met Goofy, yes. Nice guy. At the time, he was doing... Wait, is he still alive? Yes, of course he is. God, stop dooming people. <laughs> Anyways. I'm sorry. Uh, we're just talking about a bunch of dead people. Yes, you yes, never yes. Know. Well, so, so at any rate, he, at the time, I think I was at a WonderCon in L.A. or something. I forget. But he was recording a voice 
a voicemail message for somebody's inbox at the time and he was he was straight up like i let's say the girl's name was priscilla i don't know but he was like he's like you've called priscilla please leave your message after the beep and then he goes and does the goofy laugh which i'm too ashamed to do because i i i I, I don't know i'm i'm horrible at but uh bill farm and then afterwards i met him and i said hey man you know you're you're a class act uh thank you for being my goofy you know (laughs) and he said he 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 took he was a back at first at first he was like he was like no one's ever said that to me like thank you for being my goofy you know i could tell like no one's probably said that to him Uh. and then he said he said well in a goofy voice he said, "Well, you're very welcome." <laughs> dude, dude, that's Max's dad. That's Max's that's dad. Diggy Max's that, dad. That's Pete's neighbor. That's Pete's neighbor, dude. That's Pete's best friend. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> I mean, just just a further example. Or should I say, Garsh? Uh, Garsh. Garsh. Well, just a further example of how how. How monumental this film was, you know. Yeah. I I don't know. I, know I don't know a I single know person. <laughs> I will be completely honest. I don't know a single person. I think that shit talks this movie. No. It's it's so widely and universally yeah. loved. You know, it's up there. To be perfectly honest, and I may get flack for this, but in its own right. It's up there with Snow White and Seven Dwarves. Right. It's it's a trailblazer. No yeah. one's saying you're wrong. No one's saying you're wrong. I mean, it it's so monumental. It was a trailblazer. Yeah. It's I one mean, of... this was the beginning of computer <laughs> <Gosh>. animation. <laughs> yeah. You know, a full length. Yeah. That means time. That means a team. That means developing how you're going to transfer files. Yeah. And figuring out your workflow as a graphic artist. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that... Is difficult as fuck. Oh, for sure. Figure out. Yeah, fuck yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, like even now, like doing this podcast, like Sergio and I have a workflow, but we're always tuning it. We're always fine tuning every little aspect of it. And in the near future, we really want to do start video streaming the podcast. Yep. Oh. Yeah. Oh, so, now all the I lovely mean, people we need to perfect get to this gaze before upon. we can move on. And well, all the lovely people that would like to see it should also try to sponsor us and uh, give us a shout yes. out. Hey, give listen. us a sponsor. So, so as your, as your special guest for today, which all right, go ahead. I will say I'm honored. You know, even though you got your family, of course, I'm always honored to help our family. Thank you. But Thank the you. fact is that 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 you know. You guys have a very well, very well organized to stream, very good podcast going on. Oh, and, you. Uh, you know, you, as far as I know, <laughs> uh, you guys are denying the public the handsomeness that is known as the Ruiz gene. Oh, you know? We're teasing them. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> we got, if you want to check us out, you we're gotta, on Instagram. You got to tease them to please them, you know? <laughs> yeah. We're on Instagram. Maybe the 50th episode we might have. I'm, a, I'm less of a teaser. See, the thing is, I'm less of a teaser and more of a pleaser. That's just me. I'm well, a teaser, and then I lead to the please. <laughs> we're all pleasers here, ladies and gentlemen. Cool. And ladies if and you gentlemen. donate to Golden Craftcast, donate. Where are you going with this? Us. Not only help us, <laughs> but here we go. Get to see some cool shit. This is a, we'll probably use video to our advantage. Is this a GoFundMe yeah. like like thing yeah. going on here? Yeah. Uh, little, little <laughs> I didn't get the memo on that. Idea, but that's a side. <laughs> that's a little side thing, side cart. Oh, you guys got an OnlyFans? Sick. <laughs> 
Only I do. Catch us on OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's just Sergio drinking a beer in his room. That's <laughs> a big so one. this is a uh, Galactic Cowboy Nitro Coffee. How are you feeling off that? Yeah. Stout. Honestly, I really need this because I'm fucking tired as fuck and we're doing this shit early. Of doing the IPAs? Hey, listen, yeah. I already finished mine. Yeah, me dude. too. I think we're ready for the next like, one. Like, we're ready for the next one. So I mean, go ahead. He's, he's a slow sipper. Right. I'm, a, I'm actually a slow consumer, to be honest. That's but, fine. Uh, we got to bring out the guest beer. All right. Tonight. So I'd rather be a a, uh, go ahead. a creator rather than a consumer any day. <laughs> uh, with you, gentlemen, especially. So what I had brought today is uh, very special to my heart, at least. Uh, I'll need to walk over to the fridge and get it. I'll be right back. So the beer that I brought today as the guest star is the Ballast Point Barrel Age Victory at Sea. So this is aged 2018 apparently, and it is a bourbon barrel aged stout. So the thing about Ballast Point is I really love them. Uh, the nautical theme and all that, yes, that's beautiful cosmetically, it's great, but they're beers fucking phenomenal i'm sorry but you know a lot, they've been popping up a lot a lot of people who especially in the craft community yeah lately have been saying oh it's become commonplace like i'm sorry i was a fan of it before it was commonplace and victory at sea to me at least was the cream of the crop yeah it is a very strong very well put together porter with coffee notes and chocolate notes and it's just so warm and so beautiful you know they have a victory at sea day for ballast points sometime i believe in october november you invited, you invited me i think yeah. a year ago yeah and you said by the time you went in there everything was fucking sold out dude yeah. it was fucking gone i heard about because, that too and, and literally i arrived like not even an hour after opening to show up that's how that's how good this is so for them at least what's readily available cream of the crop ladies and gentlemen ballast point barrel age victory at sea bourbon barrel age it's it's very warm delicious amazing and you know the artwork is fucking sexy as hell too <laughs> oh dude I not that. gonna yeah. lie that's, it reminds me of Pirates of the Caribbean that's yeah. completely and absolutely my freaking steez man yeah if Cheers. I was if I was a beer it would be it would be this beer yeah it captures so, your uh, spiritual animal. Yes, thank you. Yeah, it's, it's my spirit, my spirit animal. Your spirit beer, comes. if you will. My spirit beer. My spirit <laughs> beer. It is, it is my spirit, spirit. <laughs> oh, dude, that was a uh, California Belgique was probably mine. But I will say that Victor C, I'm as great it. as it is, there are other options that Victor C does offer. The and the best and coconut porter. Yes, that favorite. one's good, but. If you ever tried sculpting from them, their IPA sculpting, they have a habanero sculpting. Yeah, I've tried yeah. habanero sculpting. You mix the habanero with the, with the grapefruit the man- with, uh, and the mango. mango. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Shit. Absolutely. Dude, our, yeah, dude, if anything, like our first episode on Golden Craft Run was at Ballast Point. Mm-hmm. And we did try the sculpting. Mm-hmm. We tried them uh, all of them. We tried at least five of them. The so you know. Dorado, I think. So so for all you, all you craft 
brew aficionados out there, you know, who consider yourself the best of best and like to try the, the new Washington. stuff. Washington, shout out to Washington, yeah. baby. Oh my don't goodness. don't forget your roots, y'all. Especially if you're in California, the San Diego native Ballast Point is yeah. always gonna be a force to reckon with. Even Innovative. though apparently they were bought out by a macro company, I believe they Bud did. Budweiser yeah. bought them out, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They bought them out, but hey, but you know what? They're get, they're doing the Disney thing of not fucking with their flow. Exactly. <laughs> Ballast Point is to Budweiser what Pixar is to Disney. Oh, what? Oh, what? That's right, motherfuckers. Minds have been blown. Minds have been blown. <laughs> That's true. Holy shit. Dude, it's so true. Yeah, it is true. Holy shit. They use the technology That's such a good connection. to innovate their art <laughs> and the art to innovate their technology. And they use the funding. That's the best part to continue the, the freaking... Another let's, do good... a, let's do a Ballast Point and Pixar Cross <laughs> yes. of just beers. There you go. Pixar <laughs> theme. Pixar theme beers. Wait, I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. You went Southern Hick there for a that... That's what I do, boy. Is that I bears? I said them bears. Hey, boy, let me tell you about something real quick about this here Ballast Point. <laughs> they really this like to have themselves. Does. Here we go. We got. We're featuring Mater. <laughs> Mater. Oh God. Larry the Cable Guy. Yeah. Oh God. Well, you, let me tell you about that, dude. Regardless of what you think, that motherfucker's a millionaire. Just saying. He has five boats, and one of them is named after your Heine. That's for sure. <laughs> Your Heineken or your Heine? <laughs> Who knows? Either one. He's got him. What kind of what kind of beer do you think that guy drinks? Who? Cool. Larry the Cable Guy. Whiskey. Of course. It's not even a beer. Well, he no, just he fucking... drinks beer. He drinks beer. I'm I'll pretty sure it's. Beer. I'm pretty sure it's coarse. It's you know what? I'm pretty sure you know it's like. Okay, Bud Light or Bud but Light. here's the thing. That's the character. That's the right. character. Right. Bud Light. Him as yeah, a person. Budweiser, no, Bud Light. I'm sorry. I'm calling right. it right now. Larry the Cable Guy enjoys himself a craft brew. Yeah, he does. He absolutely fucking does. Well, you better sip on this, Larry the Cable Guy. The fucking victory this. SC. Right. Yes, sir. Yes, Ritos. <laughs> Get it done. Get it done. Well, talking about the. Uh, Pixar movies like um, I really want to like ask you guys like about the other Toy Story movies like do you guys like what's your thought on it like overall okay so go ahead pumping the veins dude they they we gotta talk about this I'm sorry but don't be sorry Pixar Pixar is to Disney what Star Wars is to sci-fi and I'm only saying this because of this. They're so good at world building. Yes. It's it's a talent. Yeah. It is. Absolutely. Yeah. Not anyone can do this. Fucking George Lucas did it. Whoever fucking made Star Trek did it. I'm sorry I'm not a Trekkie, but I, I respect the fandom. Um, But Pixar just, you yeah. know, they took the ideas that they made from the first movie and built upon it. You know, when he had sequels. Yeah. And there were some really key moments in the sequels, like... Like, okay, well, strictly speaking, part two. First of all, Prospector Pete, Kelsey Grammer, beautiful. I love Kelsey Grammer. Yes. Him as Bob uh, in Sideshow Bob in The Simpsons. Oh, shit. <laughs> so fucking epic. Oh, and right. then the fact that he still was a freaking I mean, villain for Toy Story. He's one of the one other most unique voices about out there. Him that I really like. He played my favorite character from Funny. the X-Men, Beast. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> Him and Nightcrawler, my two favorite X-Men. But, hey, listen. You that's like a the t- Blue Man? That's a talk for another day. Yes, <laughs> I want to see man the Blue Man group. group. 
I have not seen the Blue Man Group. That is Let's one of that's the one original of my, Blue Man. There it is. That's one of the things I'm taking off. Some 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 Tobias Finke. <laughs> It looks like he just blew himself. So stupid. <laughs> but uh, but no. Kelsey Grammer. Kelsey Grammer in the sequel Grammer. was. His voice is just so sophisticated. And that's just what you needed to Very carry on the movie. Yeah. Because the first movie was all about Buzz, and he was the best, the biggest, best, you know, thing, the newest thing out yeah. there, the hottest toy. He was the Tickle Me Elmo for his day. Yeah. And then the sequel was like, yeah, but what about Woody? Yeah. You know, Woody was a fucking thing in his day. Woody was the king. Woody was a... He's a collector. I mean... Exactly. Yeah, it really opened up, like, uh, Woody's universe and what his role was about. But also, it opened up Buzz Lightyear's universe. Because we get to see Zerg. And they did mention Zerg in the first movie. dude. Zerg was... Oh, Zerg. They did mention Zerg. In the first movie. In the first movie, yes. Of course. And then we get a glimpse... We get more of a glimpse of Al's... I fucking had both of those toys at the same time. The fact that Zerg was, like, the whole thing of how he was... Buzz Lightyear's fighter, f- father, excuse me. Yeah. Ah, oh, yes, that victory is he is trying to be biggest, victorious. Biggest. <gasps> really, Daddy? <laughs> biggest nod to Star Wars. <laughs> yep. Catch? Yes. Yeah. Yes. In fact, Concern- like, yeah, considering that like Star Wars like, is a sci-fi movie, but with like Western aesthetics into it, you know. Oh well, here's it the thing. It in. Well, I mean, if we're gonna go on Star Wars, all I'm gonna say is this. Go ahead. Because otherwise, we're gonna be here talking all day about Star Wars. Right. Because I fucking love Star Wars. I'm sorry, people. We're gonna have you for the Mandalorian episode. I would be honored. Yeah. That is my favorite show. But anyways, uh, here's the thing about Star Wars with in relation to Toy Story, I will say, is that Star Wars in itself brought in fantasy and magic and somehow supplemented that with science fiction yeah. and yes. became its whole thing. Now, a Toy Story, it took that whole thing of like a buddy movie or like, you know, any kind of movie yeah, where, you know, you, you have, you have even like something like that's, that's a, that's a uh, college type movie like Orange County. Dude, with, honestly though, you're spot on. Yeah. Literally, yeah. John Lasseter said, well, what if we did a buddy movie? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And see, that's they, the thing. Yeah. And they added their own mythology to it you know yeah it, it just took a lot of inspiration from it comes dog. so you know sorry we have a dog coming in out here that's here comes a dog. legally mine he's a beautiful husky his name is Baymax he's just very untrained <laughs> but anyway um but and yeah. his name is Baymax. So yeah, yeah we're yeah. a Disney family. So here, I think we've said his name multiple times. Yeah. yeah. So so here's the thing: is with with uh with Toy Story, it's it's they they somehow decided to build a mythology around it. Yeah. You know where you have midichlorians and and Star Wars, you have, you know, the the whole thing, the whole mythology of why toys need to be still when humans are around. Yeah. And what a toy's purpose is, because because the way of a Jedi kind of thing with Star Wars, that's how Woody sees the role of a toy. Yeah. He sees a toy has a purpose. Yeah. A toy's purpose is to be, to bring joy to a human child and he sees that and that's always at the core of his thing and that's That's what they did yes and that's what they brought in for Woody for him to be likable right he knows his role thank you Dwayne the Rock Johnson he knows his role jabroni (laughs) you know (laughs) he he knows that the the whole point yeah the whole point of being a toy is to bring joy to a child and he knows it and they work that into the mythology that's the force for a toy so good so I'm sorry, sir, but five people have unsubs- unsubscribed. I'm subscribed. I'm sorry to tell you that. I'm but one of the things that. <laughs> hey, hey. 
victory at sea means that the beer wins. You win. <laughs> I haven't even victory drank that beer. <laughs> oh, do you want one? Um. Uh, yeah, you're ready. Yeah, I'm ready for it. Now. You're ready. Yeah. All right. Ready. It's a start, right? And now we got... It I is. Mean, no, so it's a porter. So okay, even better. Me, yeah. I'll fuck with it. It's very... Like I said, it's following that yeah. chocolatey taste, but the bourbon really gives it the sweetness. The, the bourbon barrel gives it the yeah. sweetness. I think they use, like, cedar or hickory barrels. Oak. Oak? Really? Oak barrels. Is it and H? You've felt oak wood before, right? Yeah, we tried those bourbons uh, beers. And uh, why is it more dang? Is there alcohol in oak? Because <laughs> well, I think what it has something to do I with. I think it's just like the um, the density of what what oak could bring into like when you bring it into like a beer. Well, I, I think that oak like, itself I feel like is, it just makes it a little bit more heavy. Well, naturally, right? I think it's more of a sponge, to be honest. But listen, okay. I'm not a botanist. I'm right. not very scientifically prone to know what the exact... It's all about opinions, really. Yeah. Just, yeah. But I think something about the oak, it, it's very good at absorbing uh, flavor and essence, especially. If you smell it, if you smell it, you could smell the oak. Mm-hmm. You could definitely smell. Oh yeah, oh dude, it's it's like you know, first first uh, first smell you have, you're like, ooh, I feel like I'm freebasing a line of fucking wood. <laughs> I don't know about all that. <laughs> <laughs> all it's right. definitely woody. Yeah, it's uh, woody. <laughs> <laughs> you are a toy. You're oh, a plaything. You called. are a Charles plaything. <laughs> That's what this episode is going to be called. Is you are a toy. <laughs> you are a toy. You are a toy, and I am Mrs. Nesbit. <laughs> dude, that. Oh my God, that seems so good, dude. Yeah. Dude, that in itself is a Halloween costume forever. Yeah. Mrs. Nesbit. <laughs> I mean, even that. Just one, adding the, the hat and just like the. What about the Spanish buzz though? When he had the Spanish. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> hey, listen. Spanish buzz is a fetish. I am sorry, but really? it is. Really? Oh, dude. Okay, you know what? I'm not surprised. Is that a real thing? It's a real thing. I'm not I'm surprised. I'm sorry. Not, not my fetish. My, He's got his creepy very... eye, though. Dude, oh, here's the thing, though. It's a like, fetish. It's so funny. It's a thing. It's a thing. Um. Going from what I've heard is apparently, you know, it's the whole Latin lover type thing. Yeah. But, you know, the fact that he could just switch from being like Buzz Lightyear of Astro Command yeah. type thing to being Buzz Lightyear. Oh, if anything, romantico. if anything, yeah. it switches out like role play. Yeah, exactly. You that's know, so that's the funny, thing. Dude. It's just like so funny. So and, funny. And that's I just thought thing. about that right now. I was that's, like, oh, that's so fucking genius. And that's the best part about this whole franchise with Toy Story yeah. is that there's so much shit. room for innovation yeah. for new ideas. Like the whole thing with Toy yeah. Story 3 where Mr. Potato Head was able to keep sentience while he was attached to a tortilla. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was ridiculous. Yes. Oh, like, I was like, seeing him flop around. <laughs> of course, he still have his eyes, but his body is a fucking tortilla. Okay. It's a different material. But talking about more of a sinister point on that, like, go ahead. This is the time to do it. The strawberry bear. 
Oh, yeah. Lotso? Lotso. Okay, this was... Why a... was he an old Southern? I have a tidbit. Yeah, I have a tidbit. <laughs> because, okay, here's the thing about that movie. Okay. Is that movie was literally a fucking, you know, Southern prison break type movie. Oh, jeez. He was the warden of a fucking Southern prison. Yeah. Of the slavery camp? I wouldn't know about that, but I will say this. Frederick that, Douglass would... Uh, <laughs> And he's Go a ahead. fucking gangster. Yeah, yeah. I, he, read, I recently read. He's it, a like, G. His fucking. This is basically characters. the Great Escape of Toy Story. Yes, but exactly. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Exactly. He did it is what it exactly. is. Exactly. Shawshank Redemption, freaking Great Escape. It's, all that shit. It's, it's all that shit with that movie. That's the thing that Toy. That's what's so brilliant about yeah. Pixar with this franchise in particular I'm, is that they're able to adapt so many different genres yeah. into the same storyline. Yeah. And, and that's it what all makes that, sense. that's what because keeps them. That's big. what keeps the quality alive, you know, because all of them are actually like received very highly. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like none based, of them are like shitty or anything. Yep. There's based no flaws. It's based in real life, though. It's based yeah. in our livelihood. Yeah. It's based on Mattel toys. Right. Yes. You know, like we know we can say companies made these toys. Mm-hmm. And literally in the documentary that I saw, John Lasseter brought out its etching sketch, and on the bottom of it was written Johnny. You know what I'm saying? So like, that's how that's where they got ri- write your kid's name on the toy. This yeah. is Andy's toy. This is Andy's this toy. This is Andy's toy. So yeah. now it's 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 relatable because it's like relatable, people do but that. It's not only relatable, but it's it's making a point to the fact that you own the toy. Yeah. All right. Do what you gotta do. All right. So what's your th- okay? So I gotta ask a very important question. Yes, please. Do you feel that Toy Story four was necessary okay despite the fact that mm-hmm. Toy Story mm-hmm. 3 was so seen good. as a conclusion Toy Story 4 I thought I watched it on Disney Plus because I didn't have a chance to watch in the theater so I streamed it right dude I cried I'm sorry but I did okay and and it was probably more of a conclusion than was in Toy Story 3 and the conclusion was the ending of the the duties, I guess, or the dual responsibility of taking care of Andy between, or taking care of kids in general, taking between Woody, be, no, no, taking care of them of, of a child, of a child, yeah, yeah, between Woody and Buzz, because Buzz, he's a newer toy, he's taught a ways to yeah. go, but Woody, this was. This was our glimpse into the retirement of a toy. Yeah. This is what it's like for, like, this is what happens to a toy when they're done, you know, taking care of kids. Yeah. And you think on it now. If you were to think back of every toy that you had as a kid. Yeah. Where are they now? What are they doing? You know, where are they sitting? Are they, are they, you know. It depends on the person. In that back room, dog. You know, are they in a back room sitting somewhere? Are they in the attic? Are they in the attic? Are they in the landfill? My Toy Story train sets in the attic. You know, so I'll say this. My my opinion about my toys when I was a child, and this is the beautiful thing about this franchise, is that it makes you think about these toys. Yeah. These intimate things that you had a relationship with growing up. To me, it was like, you know, I like to think that any toy that I had, that I had no idea where they are now, is living their best life possible. They're out there somewhere traveling with a yeah. carnival like they are with Woody and Bo Peep, or, you know, they're, they're, they're exploring the countryside, what have you. You know, we give it some kind of autonomy yeah and the thing is that autonomy was already present when we were playing with them when we were kids and we played with yeah, toys right yeah they had yeah 
That's my yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, my yeah, point. Yeah. They had a personality, man. Every toy that you ever had as a kid, you know, and you cared for, you didn't just see it as a toy. You saw it as a being. You saw it as something that had life. An emotional attachment. You gave it. You had an emotional attachment. Exactly. And then as you grow up as an adult and you get older, and the reason why you see Toy Story 3 and you ball up at the end where Andy goes ahead and says goodbye to the toys for the last time, and why you cry is because you see the fact that these are friends. They're not just objects. They're things that matter to you. Yeah. And you gave them life and you want sentience. them. Sentience. Yeah, exactly. You, you gave give you them gave the them sentience. sentience. Right. And in a way You're a magician. This is the most give it meaning. This is the most meta freaking <laughs> this is the most meta <laughs> franchise in existence because it's it's literally you giving life to that which is inanimate. You in a way are playing God. You yeah. are giving life oh. to things yeah, that... Yeah, it is. That, but that's what you do when you do... But that's what you do when you're... I was going to go on that cycle. But that's cycle. what you do when you're a kid, and that's also what you do when you animate. Yeah. I was going to go on that tangent with uh, analysm, with having to, like, uh, having to explore, like, uh, existentialism, you know? Yeah. With these toys, because their purpose is to, like, serve their... I don't want to say their master, because... Yeah, but they, serve their child. Their child, yeah. And the funny thing is, or beautiful thing, I think, is... Yeah. That they did, what Pixar did, was that they made the toys care about their child. Right. To them... It's sacred they're, to they're, That's their world. Yeah. Is their child. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. And... But you can get let go so fast by the human. I don't play with... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's and an asshole that, kid that, right that's there. A sad, that's that's a sad reality. Thing. That's yeah. the thing. But that's what I'm saying. That's what brings it back to humanity. To the adults that watched the movie, they didn't like the movie not only because their kids laughed at yeah. all the ser- uh, all the funny parts, but the parts that went over their heads, they laughed at those too. But they also realized that those were real feelings that you right. feel as a human yeah. being. Yep. So they give they gave a soul to inanimate objects, exactly. just like we as children. Yeah do the same exact thing when we lose that toy our favorite toy that we're playing with at a time and you're a kid you lose your mind because they're like where's my you know where where is it where where's that toy that i play with all the time yeah you're lo- constantly looking for it when if you, if you can't find it Game and golf. and they put yeah get in golf <laughs> and the thing is they they, they put that oh, they put that into a toy for me mayonnaise you know he's my little brother manny i call him mayonnaise just so everybody out there knows. Manny's on the podcast. What's going on? Not Manny's. <laughs> is that... Manny's. You know, for me, at least, it was it was my Leonardo uh, yeah. from T- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. My favorite Ninja Turtle. Yeah. So the thing is, we all, we all have that one toy. Ever. Yeah, we all have that one toy. That's the thing. For Andy, it was Woody. Yeah. But for all of us, we have that. And, and Pixar saw that, and they put that to film, and they made it relatable to everyone. That's the yeah. genius of this whole thing. That is absolutely the genius of this whole thing. Yeah. Um, wow. I mean, there's you really not. Brought it down. Yeah. I'm sorry, it's really a... bringing to like the childhood the yeah. nostalgia that. And that's you know. why it was meant to be a successful franchise is yeah. because they hit it on a deeper level, and that's the true thing about any art in particular, is if you touch your audience to the core you're going to be successful because they can relate to what you're doing yeah. and they see it as a thing of beauty. That's beautiful. 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 Beautiful, substantial evidence of real story. Yeah. All and I got to 
Go ahead. Go ahead, Serge. Go ahead. You're All the right. man. All right. So the thing about like why I asked that question with Toy Story 4 is like a lot of people have been like, you know, questioning like, you know, does it make sense having to continue the legacy of Toy Story, you know, because the fourth one came out of nowhere, you know, and the way that I see it, like when it comes to like Western, because it, it plays with Western sci-fi, but when it comes to the Western theme Western. with Cowboys, like I feel like it's just like Woody having to exit uh, his role with the group, you know, because he does leave the group, you know. And with every, like, uh, if you ever, like, um, in my filmmaking mind, like, when it comes to Westerns, like, the cowboy always, like, succeeds, but he always has to leave at the end of the movie. And having to, like, you know, I done my part. Well, the cowboy needs a horse, needs a horse, <laughs> right. needs a horse. As a deep and he always has to exit. Once his job is done, he knows when to exit and go into the wilderness, into like the unknown. So Woody, what you're saying to me is Woody was Mando. Woody was John Wayne. Woody was and John Wayne. Ser- he, he was, was John Wayne in the Searchers. First of all, but here, yeah, like, exactly. He, he what do you think? Asshole, but this is yeah. the thing. What do you think this, it was? This is what jeopardized his relationship. <laughs> was the fact that a new toy actually came into play? Yeah. When that fucking toy came into play his life was changed forever yeah but they learned how to integrate themselves and live with themselves and that's why I'm saying in the fourth one he exits and leaves Buzz like to leave the legacy it's been a great podcast thank you my brother Javi yeah so yeah Javi has to leave I really hope that you're a guest on more because your words are very much influenced to not me not him but everybody that will be listening to this podcast, uh, we're in California, so we know production. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Listen, I don't like being put on a pedestal. I'll say that first and foremost. <laughs> That's fine. But it's secondly, fine. Fine. I will say... You are put on a pedestal at Golden Crabcast. Hey, listen. Yes. Oh, well, thank you. I, I deeply and honestly appreciate don't that. Don't your eyes, Serge. <laughs> I always do. Hey, what a dick. No, anyways. Um... No, thank you for having me on, guys. I, I, this was a fun experience, and I hope to all your subscribers that uh, any words that I said to you, if I hit a note, just just know that if I had any 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 last words to say, at least for today's podcast, would be that um, when it comes to art, as long as you create, as long as you have a vision and you manifest it into some way or form. Your peers are Picasso, Rembrandt, Scorsese, Lasseter, Lucas, Spielberg. Because the fact of the matter is that they are all doing the same thing that you are doing, which is creating from your mind and wanting to represent it and present it to the masses and show them that you have a vision. In that respect, you are on the same pedestal as Shakespeare and H.G. Wells. Don't sell yourself short. As long as you create, you're on that same plateau of excellence. Keep creating, my friends. Always keep creating. Wow, I literally teared up right there. Hey, you you too, Golden Craft Podcast. Thank you for the kind and inspiring words. Listen, for you guys, it comes instantly. Right. First off, your family, and secondly, <laughs> you're also amazing creators. Thank so, you, thank, thank you. you. I really appreciate that. Well, I appreciate you being on your show. Thank you. Hey, but no serious plug though. 
Check out the Ryan Chu. <laughs> Haunted drive Haunted drive-thru. Mm-hmm. Sergio is actually cutting the footage for us. or we'll uh, I have the first cut of it. Yeah. I'll show you guys. And yeah. uh, we're ready to see it very soon. And for all you podcasters out there that are into some creepy haunted shit, this is the way to go. Hey, it's, it's creepy haunted shit that has a meaning. Yeah. That's yeah. the yeah. thing behind it is it's not just, you know, your walkthrough where you get scared. It's your walkthrough where you get scared, but it leaves you thinking. It leaves you thinking, yeah. Leaves you thinking. Just like this movie did. Just like right? Toy Story did, man. And it left think people thinking for <laughs> for year literally twenty five years after. Where we how many movies of pigs are do we have under our belt now? Well let's see, let's Over count 20. them. Should we count them off? Let's try to count them. Let's do it. <laughs> Toy Story. One. Bugs Life. Two. Monsters Inc. Three. Um after Toy Monsters Story Inc. Two. Toy Story Two. Four. What was number five? Was it Cars? No, it was The Incredibles. The Incredibles. Incredibles yeah. was number five. Six was Cars. Wait, no, 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 no. I think after after. Okay, it was Toy Story, A Bug's Life, Toy Story Two, okay, Monsters 20, Inc. Yeah, there's twenty. Yeah. And then it was Nemo. It was yeah. Nemo. Funny Nemo was five. Fuck. Number Finding six. Nemo was beautiful movie. Yes, it was another. That's another podcast for another oh, day. Shit. Number six. Now Incredibles was the Incredibles. Number seven. Cars. Cars. Number eight. This is where I drop off because I I don't know them all. You know well. this one. Toy Story two. No. No no no. We already said Toy Story two. Tron. Your favorite. Tron. <laughs> <laughs> they got inspired by Tron, but yeah. Ratatouille. 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 Motherfucker. After, and after Ratatouille, Ratatouille, do we start to have more sequels? Ratatouille. No, there's after another Ratatouille. standalone. Wally. Wally. Okay. Wally. Can I, real quick Wait. before we continue, because you know what? I can't. Wally. You need to leave, and now Okay, 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 okay. Yes, I do need to leave. But before I leave, let me quick thing about Wally. If you haven't seen it, watch it. And if you don't know the meaning, look at your world around you right now and tell me that that doesn't have any substantial meaning to what the fuck you're living in right now. And that's what Pixar did. Yeah, it it did. It made it substantial to look around you and say, hey, these toys can have a sentience. Hey, we might not live on this fucking planet anymore. Hey, fucking what if we were all superheroes? (laughs) All right. <laughs> He's going on another hey, something. Hey, dude, thank you for having yeah. us. Because it seems like it's your podcast at this point. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Because you did a great fucking job, hey, 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 All right. Hey, listen. I'm just glad to be here. And uh, I want to know if you guys want to have me again. Just saying. Look, Mandalorian episode's open for you, man. Yeah, it's open oh, to yeah. you. you got any episode We're you setting want, it you up. got it. I'm trying to bring people for this, this one. This is the Ruiz hey, listen, family. I got, I got four more words for you. Hey, I got, I got four more. I got four more words for you. What? This is the way. This is the way. All right. Creation. Well, thank you, gentlemen, for having me on your podcast. I'm very appreciative. I'm very appreciative of your presence, and thank you for your knowledge. Sergio, can we do some more effects for the ending? Yes. uh, They sound like Star Wars robots, droids. I'll sing for you. Oh, well. You got a friend in me. 
You got a friend in me. That's all I know. <laughs> me too. <laughs> me too. <laughs> well, you know what? Still iconic nonetheless. Right. Thank you everybody for listening. You can always find us on Spotify or any other podcasting universe that you want to be part of. Thank you for listening. This is Manny, Sergio, and our guest, the best guest, Javi J.A. Reese. <laughs> oh wait, I'm sorry. I'm supposed to do my trademark sound effect. <laughs> and Javi has left the building. See you later, everybody. Thank you for joining us tonight. Thank you. And please subscribe. Like us on at Golden Craft Run. I mean, Golden Craft Cast. <laughs> Sorry. But Golden Craft Run at gmail.com. Yeah. Reach us out. This has been a good one. That's it. Stay inspired, people. Lates.